So here we are. Here we go. Uh, if you're new to Pillar or just exploring Christianity on its big day or making your annual pilgrimage into a church, I want to say welcome to you. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to be as clear with you as I can. The Christian faith thinks Jesus Christ died and then rose again. That's why the gospel writers insist on three days in the grave, because to the first century physician's mind, that was how long it took for them to be sure, sure, and really sure it's over, it's finished, flatlined, gone. That's why the creed you just announced proclaims on the third day he rose from the dead. And because that's true, everything is different you can be different. The world will be different. Everything rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This Sunday morning routine with the brass blaring and the organ piping and you singing and... Was that even considered clapping? That was so, so bad. All of this is only extremely odd if Christ was not raised from the dead. Theo's baptism was cute, but it was only cute if Christ was not raised from the dead. And the prayer, the plea you offered for your child who refused to come with you to church on Resurrection Sunday morning, you might as well keep it to yourself if Christ was not raised from the dead. But here's the thing, here's the deal. Actually, He's alive. He came back. Christ who died now lives and reigns and rules. So pray when the diagnosis hits. So hope when the circumstances are bleak. So sing when you have reason to rejoice. Christ is risen. Now, there's this call and response you may not be aware of that the Christian church has borrowed for a long, long time. Someone will say on a Sunday like this, Christ is risen, and then everyone else likes to shout back, he is risen indeed. Well, let's try it again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That's a perfect way to go. I like to return to some of my favorite voices on Resurrection Sunday morning, kind of like your favorite playlist on Spotify. Uh, this is from John Chrysostom, the 4th century preacher, nicknamed the Golden Mouth for reasons that will become abundantly clear. Uh, hell took a body and discovered God. <laughs> it took earth and encountered heaven. It took what it saw and was overwhelmed by what it did not see. I love that. Uh, or, or pastor, poet, John Donne, Death, be not proud, though thou thinkst thou art mighty and dreadful, thou art not so. One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. That's called Christian trash talk right there. <laughs> and all because Christ is risen. So I want you to listen with me to the story that gives this day its meaning, that gives your life its meaning. Uh, after the Sabbath... As the first day of the week was dawning, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was an earthquake. 
for an angel of the Lord descending came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised as he told you. Come see where they lay him. Then go tell his disciples he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. They left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And he said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. As they were going, some of the guard went into the city to tell the chief priests all that had happened. And after the priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give the soldiers a large sum of money, saying, You must say this. His disciples came by night while we were asleep and stole the body. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did just as they were directed. And this story is told among the Jews to this day. The eleven went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. And some doubted. He came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Matthew chapter 28. Uh, That's the story that puts the shout in our refrain, Christ is risen. Here's what I, here's what, so again, if you're new to Pillar, if you're exploring Christianity, uh, if you're here because you wanted an answer when mom called later this afternoon, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Let me be as clear as I can. The Christian faith thinks Jesus Christ died and then came back to life. Matthew insists on it, and there are a couple of things I want to show you about his insistence. First, I want to, did you, did you notice the first word out of the mouth of the resurrected Christ? And then I want to pay attention to the way the women respond. Well, The first word out of the mouth of the resurrected Christ. So so the lightning angel appears, the earth shakes, the the guards, the one with the armor and the weapons, they fall down and play dead because they're terrified while the women stand there strong. The angel announces to them, he's not here, he has been raised, and they run. They run with fear and great joy, and on their running, the risen Christ meets them, and you know what he says? Well, hello. Greetings. Hi. No more needed to be said. The announcement had been made by his presence. The proclamation had been proclaimed with his body in his flesh. Hi. And on that hello hangs all the hope of the world. That hello is the highlight of history. 
That hello is the highway to eternity. He said, hi. Now I realize the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is very hard to get your head around. People don't die and then come back to life. We have machines that beep to assure us it's over and screens that flatline to remind us it's done. So we should be at least a little charitable with those who struggle to embrace this Christian faith that claims the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We ought to be at least a little nicer when someone approaches all of this with a bit of skepticism. I mean, come on. It is actually fairly hard to believe. And I, I can't prove it. Nobody actually can prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We can point to good evidence. For instance, the empty tomb. <laughs> no one's actually found the body. But very fascinating to me. You know the crown of thorns that they shoved on his head? Uh, they, we actually have, apparently we have, the relic of the crown of thorns. It was in the rooster on the top of the steeple of the church in Paris called Notre Dame that burned this week. You may have heard about it. So let me get this straight. They have the crown of thorns, but they don't have the bones. Well, that's interesting. We can point to the empty tomb. We can also point to the death of the martyrs. The first 11 who followed Jesus, all of them died, or at least were severely persecuted because they refused to recant the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Don't you think one of them, just one of them, maybe possibly might rearrange the details a little to spare his head? Don't you think maybe, just possibly, they might, you know, sidestep a few things if... Jesus Christ had not been raised from the dead. Even Peter, the apostle Peter, known to back down from a fight when the going got tough, even Peter was crucified upside down because he refused to recant the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I can't prove the resurrection, but there's good evidence. And since we're being fair and since we're being honest, you can't disprove it either. You can't disprove the resurrection and at a certain point, you have to ask yourself the question, is it possible? Is our world closed? Is our universe closed or is it open? Is it static or is it dynamic? Uh, maybe you read the same articles I did a week or so ago about the black hole. You know about this? Einstein theorized the black hole, and now they've taken a picture of it, of one of them. I don't know how many there are. Hundreds of cameras, all kinds of people, seriously sophisticated material have captured the black hole. I studied some of this stuff in college, which is why I know nothing about it. But apparently, <laughs> if you enter a black hole, you can't get out. You, like, enter another portal into some other reality. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the world is wild. The world is untamed. The world is huge and bigger and broader than any of us can ever actually imagine. Is it possible that something beyond the five senses can exist? Is it possible that something beyond the cultural context of our enlightened minds that deems it impossible could actually be possible? Is it possible? If you're willing to concede with me that the world is wild and tame, Consider the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Consider the man who said, well, hello. On that hello hangs every hope you've ever had. 
On that hello hangs the longing you have for truth and justice and beauty. On that hello hangs the hope you have for the one you've loved but have lost. That hello changes everything. So if you've dismissed Christianity because of Christians, I apologize. We do not always get it right. We do not always do it well. But consider the man who said hello. If you've dismissed Christianity because of pain, the problem of pain, consider the man who suffered and died and then rose again to say hello. If you've dismissed Christianity because of its insistence on the extrasensory that the plausibility structure of our modern world just has no capacity to understand, consider the man who says, hello. If you've dismissed Christianity because of its ex exclusive claims, consider the one who makes those claims who says, hello. On that hello hangs everything. It's the first word out of the mouth of the resurrected Christ. Amazing. Now, I want you to notice with me the way the women respond. I'm going to leave the guards alone. The angel descends, the stone is rolled back, there's an earthquake, his clothes are like lightning, or his appearance is like lightning, his clothing is white as snow. He, he announces to the women, he's not here, he's been raised, and then they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. When was the last time you felt both of those at the same time? Fear and great joy. Maybe only after your best friend like jumped out of the closet terrifying you to death and then you just started laughing. When was the last time fear and great joy coexisted? The only time fear and great joy go together is when you are utterly shocked. When you are completely surprised. When you are dumbfounded, fear and great joy can go together. And, and the Marys, they were dumbfounded. They were dumbfounded because they had walked the road to Golgotha, the, which means the place of a skull. They, they had seen the cross go into the ground and his arms outstretched on it. They'd heard the steel mallet striking off the, the nails as they're driven into his hands and into his feet. They had watched him cry out, my God. They had seen him breathe his last. They saw the blood and water run out when the soldier pierced his side. Blood and water, a sure sign. It's over. It's finished. D-N-R. And then they heard about Joseph and the tomb. So after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. They went to see the tomb not the resurrection. They went to see the tomb, the grave, death, not life. They went to see the tomb and they were utterly surprised, completely dumbfounded, filled with fear and great joy. I can't, I can't manipulate you into feeling fear and great joy right now. I'm not going to try to conjure up some sort of set of emotions for you, but I would like you to recognize the surprise of the resurrection. The resurrection surprises us because the resurrection happens in death. The resurrection surprises because resurrection is joy in the pain. Dancing in the morning, resurrection surprises. So if you're here today and you know a deep ache, a true sadness, and no amount of Easter egg hunting with the cute nieces and nephews is going to take it away, surprise, 
If you're here today and you think of your family as a burning heap of dysfunction, and no matter where you sit around the fire, you can't escape the smoke, surprise. If you're here today with an unrelenting pain, surprise. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead declares despair is not all there is. Sadness is not the end of the story. Loss doesn't dictate the day. Surprise. Were you as moved as I was as little Theo was being baptized? Scott, on behalf of Nicole, sharing some of their story. There was something he said I want, to, I want to remind you of in just a second. Uh, it was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. They got word from the doctors. Renal failure. Infant dialysis. Kidney transplant. Merry Christmas. It was, it's not lost on them that that was Christmas Eve and this is Easter. The resurrection promises chasing down that diagnosis. Uh, Scott and I, we've been texting back and forth, phone calling, sitting with one another over the last few months. Uh, every change in the circumstances, I, I go naively optimistic. So you mean he won't need dialysis? And Scott says, well, we can't say that yet. Another change. So, so you mean he won't need a kidney transplant? And he'll say, well, you can't say that yet. They've been walking the journey, and we're going to walk it with them. Uh, did you notice what he said? We've seen over and over again that God continues to give us little gifts of mercy, little reminders that his grace is sufficient. Little gifts of mercy, little reminders his grace is sufficient. Surprise. If you know pain, if you carry hurt, if you know a deep down sadness, gifts of mercy, grace is sufficient. Surprise. If you're here today and your marriage is crumbling, or you would just love to be married. If you're here today and your job is utterly dissatisfying, or you would just like to be offered a job. If you're here today with a deep ache in your soul because of a world gone crazy or a circumstance gone wild, surprise. Despair is not the end of the story. Loss does not win the day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.